The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Tonight, we're going to take on a controversial topic, and we're going to beat that horse until it's dead. And we brought a star-studded lineup to talk about it. So first, I want to introduce Steve, the man in the great white north who it's probably still five degrees. Uh, it's just, it's lovely up here. You're we lying. Pennsylvania. It's Has great. the snow even started to melt yet? I have I Actually, have no it did because we yard. got like 17 inches of rain today. So now it's oh, just flooding. Awesome. So we're good. Uh, Oh, it's congratulations. Fine. We'll join us in Alabama. We have the same problem. <laughs> Brett, I, I think the weather dropped to, what, 65 degrees in uh, uh, in Jacksonville this last it's freaking, week? It's freaking hot here right now. I don't know. It's 70-something. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was out of town. It was much cooler, and what, it was raining where I was. I came back, and I'm like, dang, we should be – I guess I need to mow the grass maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to be doing in the middle of January. But, you know, my fellow Alabamian there who endured the harsh, cold temperatures, the single digits of Alabama, Matt, it's good to have you on. How are you doing, brother? Man, I have discovered a new hell. It's a, a week spent with a two-year-old and no ability <laughs> to take her outside. <laughs> good for you. I'm glad you endured that because I was enduring the hell. It was it was miserable where I was. It was well, 95 degrees and it was raining in the afternoon, but it was dry in the mornings and, and the beer was cold. Um yeah, well, yeah, it was terrible in Malaysia, so I, I missed all that weather. <laughs> no sympathy, I guess. But you know what? We we couldn't hit rock bottom without bringing some of our best friends on for this topic. So we're joined by Tom Castanos from the Anything But A One Adventures in Miniature Wargaming. There's a mouthful of a podcast name. Tom, how you doing tonight? Home of the deep dish pan pizza. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How are things there in the lovely state of Texas? Hopefully warmer than here in freaking Alabama. Uh, Mid-60s today, but at least the sun came out. It had been raining for several days, but yeah, not bad. Yeah, no, we're we're in the middle of the rain. We're about to wash away. I think I'll have to (laughs) paddle to meet uh, Matt for lunch tomorrow. So, Well, thanks for joining us. Really really glad to have you on. Um, Always good to pair up our podcast. Absolutely. To have the same dark and sarcastic humor. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, it's a pleasure to be here. So... What do we have coming up on the schedule for the Lead Pursuit podcast cast of characters? All right. Siege of Vicksburg. Um, All right. 17 to 19 February. uh, Going over a lot of days there. There is the uh, third annual Steve Toth Memorial Blood Red Skies Tournament. So we'll be doing that. There'll be a lot of other events going on. Lots of cool things. Uh, The link is going to be in the show notes. Uh, and uh, then we'll also put it out on the website for people to go sign up for the tournament and all the other uh, fun things that are on. Obviously, Adepticon 2024, uh, the 20th to 24th of March. Uh, all of us are going to be there, well, except for Matt and Casey. Nice work, guys. Jeez, you know. I see how it is, but that's all right. We're going to do Blood Red Skies. Uh, the schedule is out. It's on the Adepticon website. Lots of different events. We're going to do the furball, the tournament, some jet stuff, uh, big red skies with Korea. 
I think John Russell's doing Big Red Skies, uh, Chain Home, and Battle of Britain. Um, and then we'll obviously do Aeronautica Imperialis, have that big non-tournament narrative event. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll even have Chris doing a painting small miniatures with an airbrush class. He'll have two of those. So I think those are actually sold out. Uh, but in case somebody drops out, go ahead and uh, get on the wait list for that. And we may have extra seats. You know, who knows how, how big and uh, what the conference room setup will be. So if you want to paint small miniatures, little airplanes, little tanks, um, if you're really brave, little people with an airbrush, uh, come talk to Chris about that and we'll have it all set up. It will be hands on. So bring your airbrush. If you don't have an airbrush, we'll have some and compressors for you. But bring your stuff and we'll all get together and paint. All right. Uh, Historicon. I just cleared my schedule so that I could go back to the exciting Historicon uh, that Steve got to experience last year. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to do some streaming. We're going to hopefully do some Blood Red Skies events. I know I didn't get to play last year. I uh, didn't get to link up with everybody, but we'll work our way through the schedule this year and we'll do some more Historicon. Uh, and that'll be 17 to 21 July, which means, sorry, John Russell, we will not be at Twisted Lords 2024. Insert sad pandas. Uh, so yeah, we made a choice. We decided to try Historicon. We've done Twisted Lords for the last few years. We just wanted to hit a different, wider variety of people. And then we may be back for fall in. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes, but that's the schedule. There'll obviously be other events that pop up and we will pitch into those as they fit our schedule. Um, or Matt will not go to those events as it doesn't fit his schedule, but that's, that's all right. No, Matt, I'm not bitter, not, not bitter at all. Welcome to the podcast team. You know, if we can find a babysitter, <laughs> that sounds like that your might problem, help. not mine. Well, they, oh, it Brett's is, got so. a babysitter right there. A cat. <laughs> Leave your daughter with a cat. What could go wrong? The cat would probably eat her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk through uh, a couple of new things we've seen around the flight line. Uh, Steve, do you want to talk about this new Century Fighter that uh, Blue Falcon may be releasing here soon? Or oh man, I'm so psyched super for secret? this one. I'm psyched. I uh, forgot how cool looking this plane was. With the, uh, you know, with those intakes. And big wings and no, and intakes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm excited for this one. Keep punching out some of these uh, Century Series fighters. And this is going to be, I feel like this is really going to flesh out that Vietnam scenario, uh, you know, nice. rule set Requirement. for, for missile yeah. rules. And as usual, Brett's cat is showing us its butt. When it's not biting, <laughs> it's obviously an orange cat. Nice, nice. Brett, I'm so glad you have this cat in your life. It is exactly what you need. <laughs> yes. We all need pretty, it for the humor. Pretty much as soon as I sit down in this chair, she comes from where she, wherever she is and raises hell for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's why I closed the door to my office. My cats are outside annoying my wife right now. All right. Uh, there is another new miniature coming from Plane Printer. That's going to be another Lead Pursuit exclusive. Another big wing bomber. Uh, I'm not going to say much about it, but it fits the theme of the other big wing bombers that we've had. No, Roger, it's not a B-36. I'm sorry. I was not willing to pay Roman to build me a B-36, but it's another big wing. Uh, so that should be coming out here shortly. Just saw the miniature today and it looks awesome. All right. Anything anyone else has seen in the aerial wargaming world that's worth talking about? on the show good nothing screw all those guys that have their own exclusive miniatures because we've got them too uh that's all right okay let's get on to the main topic the topic tonight is house rules i probably should say the main topic is house rules wtf question mark uh Tom, you guys stirred the pot, so so I got to blame you. This, sure, this was not lead pursuit stirring the no. pot. You, you guys asked an innocent enough question about 
Speaking of Flames of War, what do y'all think of House Rules? And Oof. how would you describe the response? Um, <laughs> um, divided. Um, enthusiastic. Um, bitter. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say spirited, but bitter, yeah, I'll, it probably I'll go bitter. matches the, the beer I'm drinking. It is a sour, oh, there you go. much like some of there the comments go. that were in there. <laughs> but you choose yeah, to drink um, that. I, I do. That's true. I, I well, it fits my personality. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's why I drink so many sours. Yeah. <laughs> bitter old man. Uh, yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah. Exactly. Bitter party of one. Um, it was interesting to me. So I, you know, we talked uh, offline, and I, I think this is always one of those those interesting things to pick apart in gaming is why do people feel the way they do so passionately about an issue that. I really don't give a fuck about <laughs> and I hate to say it that way, but it's, it's one of those things that seems so natural to me. And then I find there's people that think I'm a heretic who needs to be burned at the stake for doing it. <laughs> um, Brett, Steve, Matt, did any of you guys see this discussion? Uh, Matt, I would have figured you did based upon some of the people who were, were uh, involved in it, that Facebook would have tagged you and drug you into it. Yeah, it, it, it did. Uh, you're, you're hundred percent right. Um, I think I actually commented on one of the posts, um, said we probably haven't played the same game of BRS yeah. twice because we're always <laughs> yeah. fooling around with, with some rule, uh, especially if we're playing Jets. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's true, uh, especially doing a lot of the Jets stuff. Uh, that, that was the definition of house rule. We got this crazy idea. Can we put hunters and gnats and MIGs and fandoms all together? Yeah. So. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure we were, we were definitely crossing the streams in some people's mind. Uh, but – what I and Brett, Steve, did either of you guys see uh, see any of the the churn on it? I did, and I had like almost kind of like a introspective crisis reading these <laughs> posts because I he find suddenly myself, said, am I, "Am I a bad person?" I'll no, read the I baddies. find myself. I read, I read one post, and I'm like, "Yeah, fuck that guy," and then I read the guy who argued him, and I'm like, "No, no, no, no fuck yeah. that guy." Yeah. Exactly. So, like, like I no, that know. guy's a jerk. I, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I well, could argue and, and both sides equally as passionately, I guess. Yeah. And I think we're gonna I think Tom's probably gonna talk about it when when his team chats about house rules. I was going that way literally through one of Sam Mustafa's posts. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Then he posted again. I'm like, yeah, screw you, Sam, you're wrong. <laughs> so uh, it actually hit both sides of the argument. Uh so it was yep. it was kind of funny to me just to 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 read through there. But you know. Brett, hopefully you missed the churn. Hopefully, you so, somehow I was oblivious. Wow. I missed the whole thing. I, I don't That's know how good. I missed that. Yeah, normally you get drug into the the rest of the grognard stupidity with this. Um, but so so I really wanted to kind of start with you know the th I'll say the theory of of why do people create house rules, and I think what what we most often are used to is what we see on the interwebs where it's jokingly in a mixture of all capitals, you know, this game is broken, <laughs> but I have to fix it, yeah. you know, and, and that, that I think is the most vocal reason that there are house rules out there. Um, whether or not this most valid reason. And, and we, we've seen it in Legion Imperialis. Now that that's just been released. People are like, Oh my God, this doesn't work. You know, what do these rules mean? I want to, I'm going to change some of the stuff to make it make sense. And then you see people that are the opposite spectrum in that game. They're like, no, 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 wait for all the expansions. When all the expansions come out, this rule will make sense. Um, so it's it's kind of just funny to see the the polarity there. Um, and I'd say it's probably the most controversial because it's you're someone is attacking the very core mechanics of a game, and 
that's naturally going to put people into the fanboy or critic kind of categories. You know, Tom, what 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 do you think about that as kind of the the starting point for where people make the house rules? I, I think if it's a hierarchy, we start with chess, which is the perfectly balanced game. Everybody has yeah. the same number of pieces. The pieces all move the same way. I guess maybe if you if you're white or go first or second or whatever. But other than that, the game is as balanced as a game is going to be. From that point down. And the majority of most of our games, and you can talk about whether it's point based or it's designed for, you know, tournament play and all this kind of thing. There still are uh, just little pieces that will not be the same. And as soon as that happens, somebody feels that their piece isn't as significant as player B's piece. Right. (laughs) And at that point, it just all starts to unravel. You know, I, I refer to that as the disadvantaged faction. Which right. means you should have chosen a different one to paint. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm, I feel bad going to beat up on my co-host, Ray, who's not here. But in, in Team Yankees, if you chose to play the Canadians, you get whatever the fuck happens to you at that point. You know, I don't know. Don't think don't think at the ADATS missile. I now, seem to remember people like shooting across the board and killing yeah. tanks now, with an anti-aircraft missile. He, he okay, is the yeah. king of wanting to take factions that aren't even in the rules. Right. And he, he, he <laughs> digs around and finds some little thing. And on one hand, he'll say, well, I just like the challenge of these things. Then when he gets challenged to death, he's well, the rules are broken. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, I don't think it works like that. But now I'm. Again, that's mean to speak of him when he can't defend himself here. Oh, he'll defend himself soon. Oh, he will. But yeah, I mean, I I just think it's people that feel for whatever reason that they can't play fairly in a game, that that the the game is skewed and they need to jump in and add modifiers or add rules or subtract rules. Um, Virtually every game has it. Yeah. Matt, I know you've seen that uh, in our our weekly AI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly that that Necrons uh, being specifically very very difficult to play against. Um, and I mean, I, I was lucky last time we played to to destroy one of their ships uh, at the total loss of I think all my Xiphons and I think one of uh, my Storm Eagles. So <laughs> that's so you're suddenly like I need to house rule those guys to be nerfed. Now, I'm just going to say right now, beings that I don't know those rules, it sounded like a commercial for a pharmaceutical just now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to worry about like that's, diarrhea that's, and all that's the why side I love, effects. Yeah. Games Workshop, the names they come up with that are either some bad amalgamation of Latin and something else or, yeah. Uh, but but yeah. in our group, Matt, you know, we've I'll make fun of him now because if he's listening, yeah, we're, we're laughing at you, Shades. Uh, our buddy Shades, who... We refer to the rules as being shadesified because he is perfectly happy to go in and tweak things. And he wants to. And he, he drives a lot of enjoyment from that. Um, sometimes he tweaks it to his detriment. And he said, hey, you know, let's instead of hitting on a five and a six, let's hit on a four, five and a six. Not realizing he was at a dice disadvantage in some of these engagements. I'm like, OK, I'm just going to shoot you more times. That That's fine. Not a big deal. I'll hit you more. Um, but. You know, the, the thing for him is, is he feels sometimes it, it, the game itself doesn't um, doesn't give an equal advantage to the other players. Uh, Brett, Steve, have you seen anything like that in, in at least things where either you house ruled stuff or in games recently? I can't think of anything recently, but, you know, I was before the before we recorded, I was thinking about, you know, what kind of basic house rule things I'm thought of and 
thinking like just trying to play with Gavin, like some kind of like almost like an escalation league with yeah. some 40K models, like super basic scale down game where it's really easy to hit, really easy to wound. But I thought if we did get to something where we're doing, uh, you know, points based side that, uh, you know, whoever loses the game maybe gets a gets a buff for the next game. So yeah. that if if maybe <laughs> you just need a handicap or whatever to make it fair, like it goes back and forth that way instead of just like a pure escalation where it's, um, OK, this time we're going to play 250 points. Next time we're going to play 500 points and be, you know, we start at some point value and then whoever maybe loses gets you know 100 well, points or something and I, and I think you you bring up a point there that we'll come back to a few times through here is that inherently some of the campaign systems that are out there whether they're games workshop and the way that theirs are built uh or uh, air metals and iron crosses that you and steve did for blood red skies those are inherently started as house rules because you said i, I want to do something bigger than this one shot game and i have to make something that connects it so i'm going to create house rules that impact those other one shot games but they're not part of the core rule system and they're going so to let me jump in smell and, let, and yeah, let me ahead. jump in there for just a second i'm sorry steve i think there's two separate categories though so on one you're talking about like you know i like making creative scenarios and i will add a house rule for by a scenario in this particular instance, the Germans aren't going to show up, you know, whatever, blah, 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 because it, it tells a part of that narrative. That's not manipulating the mechanic of the get the basic, like how you fire, how you move every turn of the right. game. So I see that as different, you know, adding a campaign yeah, and system I, and I or whatever can be made. You know. the, the interesting thing for me is when a campaign system crosses into affecting the turn by turn play. And so uh, some of these nerfs or buffs that start your deployment a little bit differently, or as we saw out in uh, Texas when we did the uh, combined Aeronautica uh, kill team and 40K, when you have mid-game events that come up that, that really change some of the core interactions because uh, the guy next to you won his Aeronautica game. And so then all of a sudden, all of your guys now hit on a six instead of a five. Right. Um, and and I think there's there's you, you hit upon something there that there's a difference to me in changing the behavior of a core mechanic versus changing the odds versus changing the deployment versus changing, you know, all these other things that to me aren't changing the game. Um, it, I'll keep going back to some hex encounter games. If I change the CRT for a house rules, the combat results table and squad leader, that's not changing the core mechanic of the game. If I change how, you know, uh, moving and firing works, the baseline, then to me, that's a house rule that is, that is of a different category. <laughs> I'll let somebody else ahead, speak. Tom. No, no, Matt, certainly. Okay, Matt. So I, I guess we didn't do the fundamental thing like defining terms. When you say house rules, are you, like you're talking about the actual mechanics of the game or because uh, – I. You know, uh, I started out before moving to BRS with Cool Seas, which they're, I wouldn't go so far as to call it broken, but the rule book was so poorly edited that, you know, missing stats, missing things, that it required house rules to be playable, or you just had to come to a, a gentleman's agreement, handshake, say, hey, that 20 millimeter cannon, just replace that with, you know, 250 cals or whatever it was actually supposed to be based off of what the, you know, few, errata that eventually came out 
but prior to that, or if in my case, didn't even realize there wasn't a rata because I just took the, the rule book at face value. And we, you know, when I put my uh, buddy Aaron, we just say, uh, just ignore that. Or, uh, you know, we'll just call it this. And, and is that really a house rule? Or is that cruel... just making up for what's that? Well, I say, and yet there are people that play cruel seas as the rule book is written, which, which I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, but I, that to me, comes back to the point of people use a broad term for house rules and when they don't define it then they make statements from it that are you are defeating the um the game designer's intent by using any house rule well if we didn't define what a house rule is how am i defeating the game designer's intent or my favorite one um which kind of comes back to my least favorite word that starts with a g gatekeeping uh, is when designers say, who do you think you are changing the rules? Cause I spend a lot of time playtesting this thing and it's very tightly wound. Um, and I kind of laugh when people say that, cause to me, that's, that's a level of, of taking away somebody's agency that once they've bought the game, they should play the game, how they, you know, how they enjoy it. Um, but I, th- I think there's a bigger problem in, in defining it that people want to lump things into house rules just to tell you not to do it. I will come back to that. <laughs> so I, this ahead, first Steve. category here, like that, this game is broken category. Yep. Right. And I, I'm kind of all these, I'm like saying I'm tongue in cheek. Cause I know pe- there's going to be both sides, like reading that they're going to be so of- offended by this. Right. <laughs> but the, this game is broken crowd to me is the, I can't win. Argument. Therefore the game is broken. So the game is broken. It's not just yeah. this game is broken. And no, everybody thinks it's broken or this game is broken and nobody has fun playing it. It's this game is broken, comma, because I can never win. Yeah. So yeah. I need to house rule the game. Yeah. And well, I, I'm sure that's or, not or the it's, only it's, thing, but that's what it seems like the majority but, of. This and game sometimes it's like this game is broken because I can't read the effing rules, you know, or haven't read the rules or I'm trying to play the game without, you know, taking a detailed understanding of the rules, which does go back to the game designer comment where they're like, hey, just play the game. But there are times, like with Legion Imperialis, we come up to traits for some of the weapons and we're like, the rules don't even work that way. I, I can't use this weapon trait because the rules don't work that way. So what did you mean? And I think um, this rule, okay, like, and we're talking about house rules in a broad sense, but yeah, just yeah. from the blood red skies perspective, this one here to me is the critical dodge negates boom shit okay it is the most idiotic sociopathic narcissistic uh, rule to put into a game being called out here and it is but but like the people that do this the game is totally broken because i get boomed out too quickly well yeah if you fly around like an idiot and you burn advantage all the time and you get shot every like you fly yourself into positions you get shot you're probably going to lose a lot of games, but that's never happened to me. I've gotten my ass kicked a lot of times in blood red skies and I've never been like, Oh man, it's because this game is broken and I got too many boom shits. It's just, I feel like it's a very lazy, convenient argument to make a house rule. Well, and we'll come back to, we can talk about that house rule again here in a couple bullets. Cause I think it actually falls under two categories. People use it as the it's broken but it really isn't a broken thing. Um, so let's let's skip ahead to the next one, uh, which is one of the, the more common reasons to house rule. And I think one of the ones that has to be given the most leniency is the because it's fun. 
you know, someone someone just wants to change something to either streamline the game, make it more fun, as Brett said, hey, simplify it, maybe play it with your kid, and you're going to house rule that every time we play this game, we're going to roll one die instead of 16, uh, you know, just to speed things up. Or, uh, and I'm trying to give a good Blood Red Skies example. Uh, I can't because it seems like every house rule doesn't make it fun. <laughs> Just makes it more painful. But uh, to me, there is a category of, of doing things in a variety of games to make it make it more fun. Uh, but I don't think anybody at the end of the day is going to have heartburn with that. If you came and said, we're going to play Team Yankee this way because it's a lot more fun when we light our models on fire when they get killed, uh, then I think everybody would be like, sure, sounds good. Let me go borrow Scott Ashton's models. That'll happen. <laughs> no, they'll be mine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sold Scott, but anyway. Yeah. No, that's a lie because you have my Soviets. Yeah, that's true. I still have all your stuff. <laughs> but, but here's so, – so I'll be the naysayer there. The, the, yeah. I, I agree. But number one, that fun has to be unilateral. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And number two, is that the gateway drug to moving on to – changing the CRT, which I want to go fully back circle. You said changing the CRT is it's like, I think that's a huge uh, um, um, tweak of a rule when you start changing. Oh, yeah. yeah, You know, oh, it is. So it um, it absolutely is. But I think that 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 goes under um, what I'll call successive approximation. So I'm going to be a nerd here. And Brett remembers this from his uh, Ranger days. Uh, You can shoot a couple different kinds of artillery fire. You can shoot creeping fire and incrementally just add 50, add 50, and then hit the target. Uh, Or you can bracket the target and shoot long, shoot short, and hopefully eventually get get the fire there. Um, I think some of these rules are broken, like tweaking the CRT, tweaking the dice odds for to hit. Those are creeping fire. You're like, something doesn't feel right, but I just want to change something and see if it works. And I think a lot of players... When they do those house rules, don't do them consistently. Those house rules don't stand the test of time because the game as a whole probably is balanced enough, but people either, like Steve said, were losing all the time or something, something the odds didn't feel right. So let's just tweak the odds a little bit, see if it changes it. Um, And more often than not, it does have second and third order consequences, kind of like you're alluding to, Tom. Um, It it absolutely does. But I I think in some games, like I'll use Aeronautica as a great example. there are so many dice being chucked at some point that that tweaking the odds a little bit in the end has a minor effect. Right. Yeah, flames of war <laughs> too. Know. Yeah, yeah. That that you could you could change the dice odds, but you're not you're not dramatically changing things. We need um, to have Tom on more often. Or like Tom, are you looking for like a new member to your podcast? I'm just like <laughs> Steve's gonna jump <laughs> ship. Steve's like, screw so, this guy. I feel like exactly <laughs> what you said. Add fun for who? Right. Right. So like the most egregious house rule of all games of all time is free parking in Monopoly. (laughs) Free parking does not it does not exist in the rules of Monopoly. But people just said, oh, we're going to take all these random things that the money's supposed to go to the bank, put it in the middle of the board. And then as soon as the game's actually about to end, somebody lands on that and it starts over. And and they bitch that the game takes forever. Yeah, yeah, it's a 30-minute game that now takes 19 and a half hours and destroys families because somebody added a house rule. <laughs> I was deep like, into my 50s before I knew that you like had to buy the first property the first time around that you landed. I mean, my family yeah. never played this way, but we also got into fist fights. You know, so I mean it, 
Well, but I think I, I think this also comes back to something you have to define is a house rule can should not, I shouldn't say cannot, should not be unilaterally imposed by one person. A house rule is something you should discuss. A house rule is something that should be entered into like a marriage, you know. You're you're, you're going into this contract. <laughs> How many times of having have you been married, Doug? I, I got a few there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but you shouldn't just pop a house rule on your buddy and go, hey man, hey man, for this game we're gonna try this. What do you think? You know, this should be one of those things where you're like, hey, next time we play, you know, th- these last three games took way too long. Can we increase the amount of times that we hit in the next game we play? Um, and to me, it has to be both sides agreeing to it, because otherwise it's one person probably tweaking it for their advantage or for their fun. Um, I think playing against Necrons anytime in Aeronautica is them playing for their fun against my enjoyment, because I don't like well, it. You were Connor, we're, we're talking uh... about you. <laughs> You Vic, we were, we're talking eight. about your wife as well. Now there's two Necron players in our in our group. There's two now. <laughs> yeah, there's two now. She has her Necrons painted, so I can oh, lose no. twice as much. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you remember when we were playing ACM? Um, yeah, fairly regularly. I felt like not that that was a a super complete rule set. It was still very much beta, but I felt like we had to make a lot of modifications to that, or else we ended up flipping back through the rules a million times to see what that, and, and granted, maybe that's a different example, not really a house rule, but, but playing around with the beta. Um, but we did the same thing with the uh, BRS missile rules where we yeah. tested those out a couple different ways until we decided on one that well, either felt right or was more fun. And we'll come back to talk to that in play testing. Cause there's a lie to play testing and there's a lot of polished, finished games out there that don't get, pl- that aren't. And it's not the, it's not the designer's fault, but that just, how gaming works, they are not playtested as much by the designer as by the community. And then there's a revelation about Games Workshop where they weren't playtested at all. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't. That's what an errata is for, right? Yeah. You just you release rules and people say they suck. You're like, oh, we'll fix that. And you send out an errata. And you may or may Thank not. You, 40K. Yeah. <laughs> or you, yeah, you may not because you want people to buy the miniatures and yeah. win the tournaments for the first couple months. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about one that's related to for fun. Um, and I'll say house rules of this kind are just as contentious as it's broken in my mind um, to add a thematic feel. So like in the blood red skies tournaments, we said, Hey, we want the theater cards to be tied to the table. So whatever table you step to, whether it's the Pacific uh, Eastern front, whatever we're going to house rule that those that you have a limited selection of, um, uh, of, of theater cards. So you can't be the Japanese and play radar support in the Pacific. Uh, it's just not going to work. Um, or as as Brett brought up, the pilot skill buff by uh, you know buff or nerf by nation in air medals and iron crosses, and and like Tom said, you know campaign systems tend to to be a, a another bridge, but this literally, at least for the pilot skill, is changing the initial conditions of the game, and it changes a little bit about the points balance because all of a sudden you've you've spent points, and now because I'm the British in 1941, I'm either rewarded or penalized uh for that for those points and, and it so it, it changes the the basic balance of what a pilot counts for um brett what what were you guys thinking when you did some of the pilot skill tweaks besides do something thematic yeah i mean that was the main thing was just to maybe introduce and it, we we actually offered it up in the rule book as just a uh as a suggestion you know hey consider doing this i think it's kind of the the, the uh tone of the text on that but um we, it was it was just a 
give a little bit of flair to each of the factions so that they, they felt different. Like if you were, if you played in the a campaign with a certain uh, nationality, it sort of had some flair that was unique to it. Yeah. Well, I like the way you say that because uh, once again, coming from Hex Encounter in your own rule book, you said, Hey, try this. And you didn't like categorize it as a optional rule that causes this level of change to the game. You said in a sense, play with this house rule <laughs> because I, in my hex encounter background, there are many times I'd open up the back page of the rule book and the game designer would have a bunch of random notes and, and kind of house rule things that were in there that they would say, Hey, you know, um, should you want to simulate nuclear war, light the, uh, the board on fire and uh, walk away, you know, things like that, that were that while some were tongue in cheek, some were really like, here's, here's what I thought about doing, but, uh, but didn't, didn't really put into a, a formalized rule. Well, I'll take the I'll take the I'll take the Grunyard I'll take the Grunyard um, uh, medal here. It's a fucking historical game. I mean, you know, it, it's I'm sorry if your butt hurt that your Napoleonic Austrians sucked, but they did. <laughs> right? You know, if you choose yeah. to play the Italian army in World War II in 1944, you get what you get. And by the way, right. what, you, what, if, what you what if the game doesn't take that into account? What what if the game doesn't yeah, see, take historical and for and for a historical reason you go, okay, we're gonna house rule this that, you know, as you know, as Brits in nineteen thirty nine you can't take any AC. <laughs> then you <Okay>. then you <laughs> suffer the possibility of being called a racist douchebag, right? All of a sudden if you start <laughs> exactly. saying these guys suck and these are I wanna let someone else do that for me, well, right? You know and, and maybe you, history. You've made that discussion before, which is which is pretty funny about the the nerfing of armies in games and and the potential for that just to be unfair and biased and and not historically. But what you get all. in return is remarkable, remarkable shit talking when you win with that horrible army. I mean, yes. you, you are just the king of you can stomp on you in your face and you can pull out body parts, you do anything you want to at that point, And no one can can possibly argue with you because Jesus Christ, you won with the finish or, or whatever, you know. It's yeah, just- exactly. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, so let's move on to another uh, another one of the whys. And this uh, we've done a lot in Aeronautica is to adjust an economy in the game or to adjust a penalty in the game uh, to make it. Um, to, to add more tactical options, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Uh, we house ruled for a while when playing AI that you would lose more speed or gain more speed the further number of levels you, you would climb or dive. Because uh, in the game, you just gain one speed or lose one speed regardless how much you climb or dive. Um, and that was a fun house rule. And it was, it was adjusting uh, an economy, in a sense, the economy of what your speed was uh, versus altitude. Uh, did we play it every time? No. But it was to me, it was a, a fun way to make the game uh, or make people have to think about the, the tactical consequences of what they wanted to do. There's um, a good chance Chris might actually think that's the rule. <laughs> uh, OK, so rule number one of playing with Chris is don't do house rules because he'll confuse them with real <laughs> rules. <laughs> I mean, we rely on you to explain the rules to us. Uh, yeah, since I met you, I've never why, actually had to read a rule book. Why is this my cross to bear? Yeah, exactly. Why is it my cross to bear? Tom, who in your group is the rule reader? Oh, is it you? it's going to be Richard. He's, he's, he's the thought. attorney of all of us. You know? And again, and yeah. he's the one that will that will die on the hill that you'd never change 
anything. Yes. And I'm kind of in the middle and Ray's ready to, I mean, it's an open palette. He's the artist of the bunch. That's like, well, that's not how I envisioned it. And it's like, well, I don't think they give a crap what you envisioned. It's written right here, you know? Yeah, it's written right here so, in black yeah, and there's, white. There's, Let me at least try There's this. definitely kind of a, a, a curve between our three, you know, in that particular argument. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely understandable. Well, and one of the things uh, similar to that that we talked about uh, previously is is house rules to try something new. Um, so there are a variety of reasons to house rule uh, force organizations or forces that aren't even in the game. Uh, house like if we brought orcs into Legion Imperialis, that would be a house rule um, to bring those in. They would have to have different traits. They'd have to have different force orgs. Things like that. It'd be a heck of a lot of fun to watch them go crunch on Space Marines. Uh, but, you know, uh, Brett, you guys uh, gave bombers in Air Metals and Iron Crosses adjustable pilot skill. So that was kind of a... I, I get the feeling that was thrown out there to do something different, not necessarily thrown out to think what the second and third order consequences of. of yeah, just to, just to make, I mean, the odds are they're going to be pilot skill three, just like in normal, you know, gameplay. But we thought it just might sometimes throw a wrench in a thing, especially when you consider, you know, it's multiple games over some period of time, those little changes just makes, makes the game sometimes feel quite a bit different where, you know, maybe you're getting beat pretty bad, pretty consistently. And then all of a sudden some little change like that is a ray of hope, right? For a single <laughs> game that gets you. Was that Steve's ray of hope that he always wanted the PS five bomber that was at least going to make it to the target. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it's one of those tweaks to me that I think is, um, you know, I have I have a lot of mercy for it, but I also tell people that this is a rabbit hole you're going to go down and you're going to try it once and you're going to play an entire game and go, that was terrible. But to me, it, it asks the question of why are you playing the game? Are you playing the game for the end results? Are you playing the game for the experience of playing the game and just having the fun? Um, if you're if you're playing the game to draw historical conclusions, then don't do things that just to try something new. But if it's the 17th Monday that you're playing Aeronautic Imperialis, uh, absolutely, in my opinion, go out there, try something new as long as everybody agrees. Uh, kind of like uh, we did this last time with some of the terrain that you could fly through. And and we saw that that house rule uh, caused a little churn when people interpreted hexes a couple different ways. Um, but at the same time, everybody didn't have a competitive hat on. They were looking at it very narrative. And everybody laughed as they had this mental image of this small, um, I'll say, Roadrunner and Coyote style uh, arch, desert arch that, you know, two Necron fighters, a Thunderhawk and, you know, a couple Thunderbolts fly through. So I, I think uh, I think everybody enjoyed that one where we made a rule just for the fun of it. But uh, but it wasn't something we we're going to incorporate in every game. Steve, remember, we did a thing in Iron uh, air battles and iron crosses with the uh, chance for even the lowest pilot skill guys to get a ace trait from a very small list of potential ace traits. But that's a pretty big deviation from the regular game. And it was just to spice things up, make it oh, fun. For and sure. Yeah. And I think to try something new is a, a different type of house rule in the respect that uh, everybody who's playing knows what they're getting into, right? So I think of like, okay, to try something new, right? Uh, bolt action Vietnam, right? So you're saying like, okay, this is a game that's everybody knows entering that game that it's not an official game, right? So you know, right. this is a game that is a house rule 
that's based on bolt action, right? So I feel like that goes back to before where you're saying like, when you make these house rules, kind of like if everybody knows what they're getting into, it's a lot different flavor than if somebody's just kind of like, oh yeah, we're making this house rule. We're saying we're playing this game tonight, right? but it's this house rule, you know? Yeah, and, and like I always say, never never pop the house rule on people at the last instant, Well, and, you know, and there, this, this there's be. two things. So one, Doug, you talked about playing uh, AI, you know, 17 times, 17 Mondays. That's key because, you know, the, the thing that we struggle with all the time because of our weird schedules is sometimes we only get one game in maybe a month. And if it's oh, going to be that... I don't want to futz around with, you know, they, I want to play the damn game. You know, there's, there's that Trust side me. of it. You've got, you've got to spice up your gaming life. Just like the, Oh, I, you just don't even know what you've said there, but you're right. But I mean, but now that Matt is now seriously disturbed, uh, yeah. Then all of a sudden I'm just going to get in a fetal position and sit in the back of the room for the rest exactly. of this episode. But, but you know, you, you do, I mean, to, and I think even to, to, to smartly add, uh, your your house rule. You have to know the base rules. You oh, yeah. have to be well, very adept at understanding. You're absolutely right. And part of it also is it's easier to make a tweak to a game you've been playing for seventeen Mondays yeah. than to say we're going to go pick up Silent Death or some other fighter based space fighter game and start everybody learning it because we want something different. Sometimes it's easier to house rule to have something different, add a little spice to the game, and not jump systems because in our group uh, and I'll pick on shades again, shades loves playing a lot of different game systems. Uh, shades would play a different game every Monday night. Um, my brain just can't work that way. Uh, and even flipping between aeronautica version two Oh, the current one and aeronautica one Oh, that even hurts my head as much as I like aeronautica one Oh. Uh, but, but I think a lot of people, they, they want something different, but they know they don't want to go pick up a whole new game. Right. And, and that's the advantage advantage of stuff yes. like the you know the the uh um warlord you know battle games where they're all kind of work on a very similar but not exactly right. the same mechanic that you theoretically <laughs> only, and it's just different enough to fuck your game up by the way typically but you know but yeah. the reality in that or that uh, that flexibility but you know let me add one thing about and this is this brings back just the cold chills of of flames of war I said something the last time we played, and I'm, I've been testing it as a theory, and I'm not sure I still believe it entirely. But, you know, one of the big complaints for the people that play Flames of War is the, the parking lots, the tan, the hub-to-hub Napoleonic yep. tanks across the battlefield. And I sit and I looked at the rules. Steve over, loves that. Oh, He's yeah. The favorite best. thing, right, Steve? <laughs> and and I, I look at it and I, I ask myself, self – what in these rules makes you do that? And you could argue it might be like the command radius of the troops or whatever. But the bottom line is, I don't think there's anything in those rules that make you do that. I think it's a mindset that people get in on that game because to me, a crossfire would be more advantageous if you, you know, Richard says, oh, yeah, but that's hard to line up. Well, but that's a part of, you know working on a battlefield. I looked and looked and looked. Yeah. So maybe the other way to look at that, the inverse is what other set of rules where little things are rolling around and shooting at each other. Um, do they line up? What, what's the advantage? What's yeah. the disadvantage? It appears to just be a psychological. I don't think there's anything in those rules that makes you do that. 
I think the only thing is cover. Uh, and I know a lot of people will do the perfect tank park because, sure, you can plink my tank on the end, but now you have to get all the way around that edge of the board to do it. Um, and, and they will. Yeah, but they'll do it out in the open, too. Things. Big old line, oh, you yeah. know, the charge yeah, of the exactly. light brigade yeah. there with, you know, <laughs> Panzer fours or whatever. But I mean, I don't want to go too far down a hole with that. But that's one of the things that people really talk about wanting to house rule. We, we're going to minimum oh, yeah. minimum distance between vehicles and this and that. It's like, well, just make better artillery and blow the hell out of them. But then well, you're going to tweak that. Just use a smaller point value. You know, you use a smaller point Small. value, and then all of a sudden you can't take. That Are many. you an American? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, exactly. I think we're, I think Doug's Canadian. I, it's smaller yeah, game. I must be. I, I don't like. Game. What are you I don't talking like big about? Max, and I don't like big point values. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. So the book says uh, the maximum game should be 250. That means we need a thousand point game. Yeah. And that's literally the way that works. But all right. So I think Doug and I have only played Flames of War together at least once. I don't know if you yep. played any any additional games with the uh, no, anyone once else. Was enough. <laughs> well, when we played that game, the problem or the reason, like my Shermans or I think I was playing Stewarts, you were playing, or, or I was playing Americans, you were playing Russians. Russians, yeah. The reason for the, at least the Americans for the tank park was there's so damn many models. Yeah. Just moving them, it became more efficient to just. Yeah pick up a line of them and move them forward. So it was, to me, it was just a number of models per unit requirement. Yep. More so than, okay, it might be historical, but okay, so you have the number of models on the table, suddenly you can move them around better. I've said that for years. And I think with most of the games, smaller is better. Mm -hmm. Well, And it also goes to scale. I mean, it's one of the things I love. I love the big Flames of War miniatures but the game probably plays better with six yep, absolutely you know it have 185 yep. but anyway well hey moving on back to the old days when house rules were not allowed because that's that's kind of what uh everybody all the grognards say you know back in the old days we didn't house rule so um i'm looking at the general magazine episode let's see what volume 16 number three somewhere i have a year here in this one who knows 1970 something because i was a kid uh, but, you know, the general magazine, Avalon Hill, I mean, Avalon Hill, the pinnacle of, of games that have been play tested and no one is going to change these things. Um, and yet you open up their own magazine and there are articles on house rules. And why are the house rules there? Well, because we found some things are are kind of a little complex, uh, like under advanced level midway. And I got to read the quote because it's funny to me, it says, uh, you know, playing time is short. The rules are fairly simple and there's plenty of action. Yet there are a few rules which seriously detract from the potential realism of the game. A discussion of each follows along with a proposed change to correct, enhance an otherwise <laughs> fine game. Mic drop. So, and, I, and I'll use that one. I'll also use uh, the Dragon Magazine for Dungeons and Dragons. Holy crap. I couldn't open a, an issue of the Dragon Magazine without freaking gary gygax himself saying hey but you know if you want to change up the classes and have a fighter also be a mage and do all this other crazy stuff well isn't that every um, rick Priestley that, rule ends with the uh, it's your game well, do whatever was, you want was, to yeah yeah exactly so th- so that would be you know uh any of rick's games like uh, rogue trade or anything you just take it and change it and go with it um and i laugh that some of these these corporate mouthpiece magazines dragon and general and and some of the other ones were literally collection of house rules. Now they had other things. They had reviews. They had, you know, battle reports. They, they had the standard things we now see on YouTube, but they also did have a lot of house rules where like, you know, some guys have played some different rules to it. And this kind of works. We saw it at a convention and 
wanted to share this. So I throw that out to the grognards that say we didn't used to have those rules. You're wrong. Oh, you, even GW had Fanatic Magazine, which was a collection yes. of house rules for basically untested miniatures or untested uh, scenarios. And they huge disclaimers like, we've not extensively tried this, but it sounds cool. Let us know what you think right back in because that yeah. was predating you know, general use of email. <laughs> back when you had to write in. Yeah, that's right. Here's a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope. Oh, yeah. I, I'm laughing. Opening the copy of the general. And of course, it's, first of all, it talks about play-by-mail games. Then it talks about that revolution coming in the future play-by-email games. Uh, and then, of course, it says, send your self-addressed stamped envelope for a Avalon Hill catalog. Yeah, you know, all those things that I'm like, my God, am I that old? Yes, yes, I am that old. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk through a couple of the, as I call them, the case against house rules real quick. Um, we knew this was going to be a long show, uh, but there's there's a couple things we want to cover because I think there are points that we've hit on, but we need to make make clear that these are some of the arguments. Um, as you know, Tom and I both talked about with messing with CRTs and things like that, people will say, you aren't the designer, you're fooling with the game balance itself. Um, and I think that's an important point to address in what kind of house rule you're, you're playing with, because you may not be affecting game balance and we shouldn't lump all house rules together. You may literally be taking an initial or secondary interaction and it may not be a recurring mechanic. It may not be, I am changing how every unit in the game fires. I might just be making a small tweak to how one side or the other deploys. You know, is this Germany 1985? I want everybody to be in the barracks, not on the front lines. Um, things like that. Um, but Guys, do you tend to think that most of the arguments against get lumped into that category or or is there some other um, category of, of arguments against house rules that you see kind of takes the, the primary argument? I think the uh, an argument that's kind of missing there is almost an argument from the other side where we said that like the game is broken and I can't win, where there are people whose literal interpretation of the rule is the crutch they use to win. Yes. Right. Yes. So then it's almost kind of like I win because I can play specifically by the rules. So right. even if the game, so I am not broken, open to any house and rules. I'm not open to any house rules. Right? <laughs> right. And I feel like that's kind of almost the exact inverse of that person who complains yeah. that it's broken, yeah. that this person found a game that is so perfectly written for their you know, play style that they grasp to it and say no well, house rules. It's I, called I it's called Hitler's buzzsaw, Steve, and I'm feeling <laughs> judged right now. <laughs> but it, it's you know that's true. But is that's this not true. the kryptonite of the rules lawyer? Oh yeah, you know the yeah. guy that's memorized yeah. every page of the written rule as it is. This this just takes them into. I mean, again, and a little it bit of them, Richard takes away their their advantage. a little bit of yeah, Richard yeah. because he's that <laughs> hyper analytical technical reader that yeah. knows and has thought of not only I've read the rules, I've thought of every conceivable combination of how that plays. And I, yes. uh, I applaud and, people that are that smart because I have multiple oh yeah. liberal no, arts degrees that didn't require that kind of problem solving. <laughs> but I think there's a, there's an outgrowth of that as well, which is the, you know, if a game needs house rules, therefore it sucks and I'm not going to play it. Um, and that's what I refer to as the perfect playtesting fallacy, because you know, coming from a background in software engineering for aircraft and flight testing, um, 
you know, I'll, I'll take the, the idea that we used to realize that there's all this test you can do with the airplane on a range, controlled conditions, but literally a bunch of knucklehead Marines flying that airplane across 12 squadrons is going to do more flight testing in the first month than you've done in the entire well, couple of Well, years somebody time. tested that 737 door, scared. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody tested to make sure we knew exactly what the, uh, what the torque settings were. But, but, you know, you think about it, if you had a game designer and even a team of 10 gamers that played a game for a year, then when you sell 2,000 copies, when when those gamers crack it open for the first two or three plays, they've already done a whole order of magnitude more playtesting um, than, than you have. And you're going to find things. And I think you shouldn't judge a game on it sucks if it isn't perfectly balanced, if it isn't perfectly tight. I, I think people will always find some loophole. It's the whole rules is written versus rules is intended. And, and people are, are going to want to play a game rules as written if it advantages their way of thinking, or they're going to want to be rules as intended and kind of make a tweak in there um, if it advantages their play. Yes, Matt, you, you look pensive. It, well, I'd also say there's the, that I saw this uh, on, on the face, Facebook discussion of, and I'm not saying I agree with it because I, I don't, is the, are you really playing, that game if you've changed the rules it is i guess it's the ship of theseus argument if you've changed so much is that still the same thing i i understand the argument i don't agree with it i i I personally think you're just because you tweak one or two things because of whatever reason as long as everyone agrees with it you are playing that game with some minor adjustments for the most part i mean if you like if you take away the, the bag of dice from bolt action maybe at that point you're not really playing bolt action but I don't think that's a mechanic most people are, are removing from the, that particular game. Right. Well, well, it comes down to what Tom was saying. If you're fooling with the core mechanics, the things that are the moving, shooting, initiative, all those things, that's a level of, of yes, you may not be playing the game anymore. You may be playing bolt action without initiative dice, <laughs> but but that's not bolt action. But at, at the end of the day, I go... I don't care. But yeah, that's a what good point. Even if you're to, not, who cares? You know. I mean, yeah, it's because what do I call it? Do I have to invent a new name or do I have to say, hey, everybody, I play bolt action without initiative dice <laughs> or without order dice? I, I don't They'll never trademark it's, that. It's one of those. Yeah, exactly. That that game will never sell. It's way too long of a name. Like, you know, but one adventures in historical miniature. That happened because there was already another anything but a one out there. The amount of proofreading Warlord would have to do to get that title right on the cover of a <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> never happened. Happen. Never happened. Thank you for picking that scab as I just mailed out a copy of Wing Commander to a guy today. It was like, and by the way, there's also a huge errata for Wing Commander. Thanks, Warlord. Thanks. But, so here's one last thing, and maybe you're going to get to this. Yeah. The other issue is portability, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. your group, home group, creates this wonderful house rule then when you go play with other people, you either indoctrinate them into your weirdness or you revert back to the way that it was written or heaven forbid, you right. find their weirdness and their house rules and somewhere you, it, it's all of a sudden I think it's, that's a, any, it's the AL play yeah, in the NL, right? And having like, you know, designated yeah. hitters and, and, you know. Yeah. I always joke that anytime the, you get, different groups of 40k players together you figure out where everyone's house rules came in because all of a sudden people are like your unit can't do that you're like dude it's written right here in the rule book like, no but the guy i play against we never do that you know so and, yeah and i think that's one thing we're talking house rules if you're playing an organized tournament oh yeah there absolutely oh, yeah. has to Here's be the box, agreed on set. nobody's talking about messing with like the flames of war tournament rules 
their tournament rules, everyone has to have a set that is published somewhere. But everyone, League well, Pursuit messed with the Blood Ritz guys' rules. Well, okay. Right, well, but, which, which goes back to 40K. So, but let me make a point. And this, was, this is something people have heard me say time and time again. I didn't want to do, but we did. Um, ITC modified the core 40K rules for tournaments. For, for their 40K tournament scene to make things more balanced, objective-based, whatever. Um, we didn't want to do that initially. And then we realized we had to just because of the abuse of theater cards in people's lists and that people were making smash hammer lists that were just dumb. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. So I was, I'm actually, you know, I was going to like stick up for you when this came out. I don't even <laughs> consider the theater card thing like the theater card mechanic thing in a tournament, I don't even really consider that a house rule. Because to me... I'm taking away agency from people. I'm keeping them from choosing yeah, the but, theater card. but it's the same mechanic for the game. It's You're right. The, same. the mechanic doesn't the change. The game the doesn't change. The, the mechanic doesn't change. You didn't change the rules on any of the cards. You didn't do anything like that. You didn't change the deployment. You didn't change anything. All you changed was these are the cards you can use. So to me, the that's list building change. Yeah, yeah, but that's like not even a house like stuff like that. And like when you said for a scenario, like okay, you're playing a scenario. Those aren't really what I yeah, would even I, consider. ITC an changed house. how objectives work, and so they changed a the core. Yeah, that I mean that would be like a capturing core objectives work and things like that. Yeah. So, but if so you that showed was up, one that yeah, if you showed up to play the Blood Red Skies tournament, right, and you read the rule packet. And you read, I have to, which only like seven people. Yeah, nobody does it. But, but okay, even better, actually, let's say you didn't read the rules packet. You don't need any explanation of that house rule, right? It's not like you need somebody to explain to you what's going on. It's just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And I feel like that is a big distinction in the house rule. If somebody needs to like explain it to you for you to be able to play the game, (laughs) then it's probably a house rule. How how does, how does single engine or, uh, you know, single engine fighter, heavy fighter rule worked for uh, multi-engine aircraft in Blood Red Skies. Nobody knows. No one knows. <laughs> it's, the, it's the house rule that we all hate because it, people use it and we still don't understand how it all interacts. So it can I mean, in our defense. No, go ahead. In our defense, uh, Atomic Mass Games has a total, almost a totally different list of stuff you can play for Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol for their tournaments. Yeah. So it's not like this is even unique within gaming to have tournament rules. And then regular oh, yeah. gameplay rules. Reading reading their tournament rules made my head hurt because it's just it, every event is so different and it so changes the core rules. And, and that's fine because they want a different theme to each one. But going in there, I'm like, wait, is this a, you know, whatever, timeline tournament or all these other things? Well, you know, at, at one of the more recent conventions that I was at, and I'll, I'll be very vague because the guy is super nice, but he plays, he puts on games but he house ruled the hell out of the game. So I go playing, okay, oh, I love that game. I want to play that game. Wow, we're not playing that game anymore. <laughs> and and sadly, I signed up for another game and realized, oh, he's running that one too. And it was the same thing. So, I mean, that's problematic. I mean, if you're going to change something, and, and theoretically a convention would be a great place to to introduce a tweak or whatever, but you got to let everybody yeah. know what it is. Absolutely. You can't get three yeah. quarters into the game and go, oh, by the way. What? By the way, you can't do yeah, that. that. My whole strategy was based upon that. No, exactly. you can't do that. We're not going to do that. Yeah, well, so the one of the things that I want to talk about, I don't think a lot of people say this, but I have heard it on the interwebs because, once again, when people argue on the interwebs, they have to go nuclear. Uh, my favorite last reason for why you shouldn't house rule is, but you are not as smart as the designer. 
trust me, I know some game designers, and they're not all smart. <laughs> they're published. They're not all smart. Um, but I, I think there's a there's a there's a point there where people try to just shut down the discussion, and they're like, look. This guy designed the game. You're not as smart as them. Just, just go away. Stop house ruling. That, but that's just an appeal to authority. Thank you. Like <laughs> this is this is starting to sound very, you know, Lenin esque. I, lo- I love this. It's got a lot of <laughs> politics. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I go back and forth. I, I just find it's to me, it's a dismissive way to shut down the argument. And and rather than getting to the core of the argument of, hey, why are we house ruling? We didn't agree to this, blah, 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 blah. You're like, but look, dude, you're just not as smart as the designers. So I'm like, okay, you just want to shut down the discussion. So we'll, well bless your heart. Well, I mean, at that point, <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. probably look at why the person doesn't want to play that house rule. Is right. it is it OK? Is it legitimate? Is that house rule just not make any sense? Is it changing core mechanic or is it just putting the opposite player at such a disadvantage that the game is no longer fun? And maybe that's right. the core part of this is. Does the house rule enhance enjoyment right. of the game that you're playing? If so, well, probably nobody's going to complain. If no, you should exp- explore that. But I think the problem, and this goes a couple weeks ago to us playing AI, um, that is really funny. What? Why are people playing the game? I was playing Connor and against his Necrons to learn specific tactics, and he, neither he nor Chris could understand why I would concede the game after losing my transport. Oh no, that's like when I, I showed just, up and you you yeah, gave yeah. up, and then I started playing him. I, I was did. There. After, I, I played. I played it three different times, and I was like, okay, I I literally can't get the force I need to win the game to that point of the game. So my tactic is flawed. Therefore, I don't want to play the rest of the game. So hey, cool, Connor. Let's let's finish this, reset the game, try something different, you know, and and I'll try it again. And I think that gets to the core of of people play the game for different reasons and connor couldn't grasp he's like are you having fun i'm like i'm frustrated as hell but i'm having fun because i am trying different things and i proved that all three of these tactics didn't work against the necrons Uh, i thought you were uh, masochist that's why masochist i I just wanted to keep losing the same aircraft over and over to the same (laughs) opponent yeah yeah no i just proved that i don't like necrons uh that's all right okay uh Let's. We've talked about some of these, so we can probably breeze through them. But I just want to cover some of the the case four house rules, the same things people say. Uh, we talked about uh, previously the standard Rick Priestley clause: the Hey, this is your game. Yep. Do with it what you will. Uh, and at the end of the day, it is. But I think, like we've said, it's also playing a game with somebody else is a mutually consensual relationship. <laughs> so you shouldn't go in and change. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's really creeped out now. We're going to have some, that, six, but we're gonna have some 16 player <laughs> consensual uh, organizations at uh, Adepticon. Um, so it's going to be a me but, too. But the point no, is, so. yeah, yeah you, that, that you should, people should agree to use these house rules, but you should want to do it because it is your game and you can make the changes and no one should feel obligated, but don't use that as a reason to screw your buddy over. Right, Matt, who I changed the rules on like 10 times. Every time, every time. But I was in in our defense. We were playing an unfinished system. We were we were beta testing. That is an house rule. But we posed this to the Perry brothers when we interviewed them a couple of years ago. Is there a this, this is going to sound racist? Is there a nationalistic difference? Can English guys sit around in a pub and go, "Oh, mate." Good reason. Have a shake. And then meanwhile, me and Ray have got each other in a headlock in the corner of a room, yeah. you know, go the half Nelson. I mean, are, are you, you've, you've cut ahead. And, and I, th- I think that is the, I don't know, smoking gun 
uh, is American culture. And I'm not saying this is a negative American culture thing. This is not me trying to be the capital W. Everyone else in the world is wonderful. But I think there's an American culture difference there. Um, and and I think this is going to sound super, super strange to people. I think it is the holdover of a lot of early American puritanical thinking. And literally, there are so many things in our U.S. rule and order that we say, why do we not do them? And we're like, I don't know. I'm just told not to do them. Um, and I go back to the joke about the Puritans that, you know, they don't oppose bear hunting because the pain it causes the bear, but because the pleasure that it gives to the hunter. <clears throat> and in a sense, we act that way a lot about house rules and about the game itself that we were like, we're not going to change anything and we're going to be miserable playing this game. And I'm pushing my tank park around and by golly, this is the way the designer intended instead of going, can we just not be miserable? Didn't, we play with a small didn't Dana Carvey can used we? to do a character on Saturday Night Live? He played it like a cranky old man. We used to get polio and we liked it. <laughs> exactly. That's that's about how I feel with some of this, that it's this, this American way of looking at things where you're absolutely right. The Brits would be like, I don't know, mate. Let's change that. Oh, I lost. What do you know? Yeah, let's go get, let's go get a beer. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, so we couldn't picture the Perry brothers like, you know, fisticuff. Well, like it's going to be kind of an unfair fight maybe. But either way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to say that I'm drinking. I my beer out. But, you know. Oh, apologies to the Perry brothers. You know, clearly, three of us realize that one of the Perry brothers <laughs> yes. is missing an arm missing and a, two of us missing, do not. Yeah, missing a hand. Oh. Yes. But uh, oh. I don't know. But I, I do think you're right. I think we want to have some definitive answer and the definitive right. answer theoretically was supposed to be the rules. Right. Right. And, and I think for as, as, rebellious and freedom-minded and everything else, kind of like Brett's cat is crawling outside <laughs> right now. Uh, as Americans are, we do in some ways crave order. And and in especially in gaming, we we crave something predictable. And that if if I only understand the rules, if I only understand my forces and the opponents, I will win. And that's partially because we as Americans are so competitive that if I can if I can break this down to its barest elements, I can guarantee I will win. And we get frustrated when something like Steve alluded to, something comes in and takes away from my perfect understanding of the rules. I have spent years, years memorizing these rule books. So, um, so that, that, that's an interesting dichotomy because, and this may be like some historical thing that was just made dichotomy? up. Did I, you go to college? I, I did. Yes. Okay. Uh, not a real college, but I went, <laughs> went to a college, a college <laughs> um, where, and this may be a historical just made up, but it's something like the Germans said, the Americans have field manuals, but they don't feel any obligation to read them. Right. Where I'm that guy. I don't ever read the rules. I wait for you or Aaron or, or one of my other friends to explain them to me because I usually fall asleep about halfway through any given rule set. Whereas yeah. you will meticulously look over the rules, figure out what they mean, what the intent was behind the rule and go from there. And that definitely makes you a, and, and a lot of people better players, whereas I'm just showing up. Okay, what are we going to do? Beer, beer, chips, pretzels. Yeah, well, you got still it. beat okay. the Necrons, and I lost to the Necrons, so that obviously doesn't make me a better player. <laughs> I just shot down one. I didn't beat them. <laughs> but, That's a good point. <laughs> but we're both showing up for fun for different reasons. You derive yes. some level of pleasure from actually reading the rule book, whereas I just want to look at the pretty pictures inside the rule book. 
uh, and then paint, yeah. the, paint the pretty toys and, and yes, have a good Sergeant, time. I understand that. <laughs> Would you like some crayons as well, Staff Sergeant? <laughs> if you've got them, I like red. <laughs> yeah, no, but but you're right that there's that people. The, the lead up to the game is different for different people. For me, yes, it is breaking out the rules, understanding how it all interacts. Um, other people, it is painting the miniatures and getting those things ready for game day. And as, as you and Chris and, and everybody makes fun of me, I could play all these games with Hex Encounter and, and with little pieces of cardboard and be just as happy because to me, it's the rules interaction. I love miniatures. I love painted miniatures, but that isn't what derives the enjoyment so naturally i'm going to be the person that goes well what could we do different in the rules whereas you guys are like hey the the rules are a construct that has been handed to me all the other cool my enjoyment comes from look at my space wolves that look like primer gray oh i'm sorry i didn't mean that they look really really highly detailed um and and have great decals sorry matt I'm it's, i can't even argue that it's true <laughs> and to me the, the fun is the historical research you know, that's why I oh, really stick yeah. with historical games. I, 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 you know, paint up my stuff and I read all the books and, you know, I then I like to see if it plays out anywhere near what I read about. And sometimes a game allows that to happen. And other times a game can still be fun that doesn't necessarily do that. Well, that's, yeah, that's a, whew, that's a, that is definitely a whole other episode we could talk about, Tom, uh, is the, is the capital H historical game is, do you have to, get a historical result for it to be a historical game and for it to be enjoyable. And um, I think if, if we use Blood Red Skies as the classic example, hell of a lot of fun. It is a lowercase h historical game because the results as Brett cheats with his great climb card um, or Steve cheats with his tight turn card and the rest of us who didn't choose those airplanes have to follow the rules. Uh, <laughs> then, yeah, it's it's gives you a non an a historical outcome, right. but it's a hell of a lot of fun. You know, that goes back to the old, is this a simulation or is this a game? Right. You know, and I, I yeah. just don't know that many people that really honest to God want a simulation. They might say they do, no. but then then you do it. And it's like a root canal. Yeah, I, I have I have a lot of games over on that side of the room that are simulations and they're not fun. Yeah. I mean, I've got them and I, and I probably will never play them. I'll be honest. Uh, I, I have played them once and then I've been like, yep. yeah, that was painful. Yep. If I'm uh, playing a simulation, even, somebody better be paying me for it. <laughs> well, and, and Matt saw it when we were playing uh red storm, which I actually really enjoyed that game. But once it scales up, it stops being a, an air power game. It becomes a simulation of air power on the entire NATO Warsaw Pact front. Uh, and that's just, that's not fun. What was the name of the game that we played um, in Georgetown uh, after oh, the Paducah uh, River? The uh, Littoral Commander. Steve remembers. Yes. Yeah, yeah Littoral, Littoral Commander. Littoral. <laughs> I, I heard what you, you said. You can't say that. <laughs> can't uh, say that with a straight face. Yeah, it's an undercover yeah. name. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> That that was a good game that I think was trying to masquerade as a simulation. Yeah, but it was and, it was a game. So and and I've had this discussion with the designer a couple times. It's a that's an interesting game because it's trying to do so many things in so many levels, and it's also trying to be accessible to NCOs in the Marine Corps and have things that that people would play it and kind of by osmosis learn some of the concepts, um, while at the same time being pretty detailed in what it in what it simulates um yeah 
But it was fun. I enjoyed it, even though I lost in the chat. Right, and I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I mean, we lost. Let's be real. We uh, lost to the smart ass Georgetown geniuses. <laughs> Stupid Georgetown students that are smarter than <laughs> us. Going to be my boss one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's a good thing. That, that's an example of something like I I could not wrap my head around how to like house rule that, even though we had like the designer right there. I yeah, can't think yeah. of anything I would change because that's no. such it's such a I thought it was pretty tight rules. I didn't get to see all the cars because we only played the one time, but it's not something I would inherently go, oh, okay, like let me play with this. Granted, it didn't have miniatures, so it's not something I would want to mess with in the first place. Yeah, you, that was your one and only time playing it because it didn't have miniatures. You're like, mm, I, yeah. Nothing, nothing to push around board, but hexes but, and Yeah, it just has pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid counters with pictures on them. Do I eat these? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, but whereas, uh, you know, Blood Red Skies or Flames of War or stuff like that, I think just because naturally I want to, the Flames of War, I just want to modify the way it looks. Yeah. That's that's the only thing. And it, it might take a core mechanic to change that. I don't think it does. I don't think, um, you know, reducing the unit size is really changing the core, anything about the core mechanic. Blood Red Skies, if we're adding, um, missiles to it again, not really changing the core mechanic or anything like that. Um, right. But I think a lot of miniature games seem to be more. I don't know if it's the number of players or what, but seem to be more conducive to people wanting to house rule stuff. Right. Right. Like I don't think anyone picks up I one of your hex encounter games and house rules anything. Well, I, people do, um, but I think it becomes when level of complexity gets to the no fun point and they either make it simpler or the historical situation isn't covered. So one of the other, in the same general magazine, one of the other articles was about additional orders of battle for some of these games and things, you know, here's the stats for the following different, you know, forces and things. Is that a house rule? In a sense, yes, because they're not in the original game, but you're not changing mechanics. So all you're doing is, is reskinning in a sense, uh, and creating another arm. So is this ultimately like the abusive partner? I only hurt you because I love you. I mean, we only do this to games that we, we like enough to care. That's the key. Yes. I I think part of it is you only end up house ruling games that are a 90% solution for you. And you're like, I like this game so much. If that one thing, just do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because because people will say, hey, if you don't like the game, go change. Well, I'm not saying I didn't like the game. I and I don't want to change because I've played some of the other games. I mean, to me, it's the example of, of uh, Team Yankee versus Seven Days. I like them for very different reasons. If I was going to play Team Yankee, I would probably tweak a few things. Just like if I went back and played Seven Days again, sorry, Roger, uh, I would make a few tweaks, kind of like we alluded to, to have things that aren't card driven, have things that are a recurring capability. I love this game. I just have this 16 page manifesto of things I want to do differently. <laughs> I mean, to, yeah, that's, that's, that's a different one. That's, to, that's go play a different game. You know, to yeah. Tom's point, yeah. it, isn't that maybe a measure of the game's popularity? If there are a lot of house rules for it, for example, I've found online that there's a bunch of reskinning um, Star Wars Armada to battle, yeah. uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yep. I think there's a cross, Gundam, I mean, all sorts yeah. of things. You name a, a spaceship universe, somebody has reskinned um, Star Wars Armada for that universe. They, they, they so, thought I mean, they saw something they liked and they adapted mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 I, I think when you look at systems like Full Thrust and how that's grown over the years, it started out with some very basic 
rules and eventually the house rules that everybody said because I want to model whatever you know sci-fi thing are now in the main rule book um, but it's because somebody said the rules you wrote for you know doing 1970s Star Trek phasers don't cover Babylon 5 and I want to do Babylon 5 so I need to create this new weapon class that's pretty close to your lasers and phasers and other stuff but we'll call it grazers or whatever <laughs> um, and so <laughs> and so you end up with house rules that eventually become canonical for lack of a better term well that also leads to stuff like one page rules all of their rules are to <laughs> there's extent. kind of the, the yeah i mean that's the, <laughs> the zenith of house rule, rule. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly is is one page rules where they have a bunch of free rules for any given miniatures you might have yeah. and you can recreate whatever yeah. um using yeah. some version of whatever uh kind of base uh, i guess core skeleton that they've created well, guys, we've been running our mouths for almost an hour and a half here. Uh, I think we've hit on all all the big points. I think we've hit on the pros, the cons, some of the motivations behind. Um, and and I, I gladly pick on my friends that are the uh, the rules purists, uh, because I certainly am not. I'm definitely in the camp of I like to go tweak things and change things. But um, I think we've covered a lot of that. Is there, you know, Tom, is there anything on your end that you really would like to cover uh, house rules wise uh, going yeah. I, I'm going to wrap it up. I, I just think I'm not opposed to anything that makes a game simpler. I wouldn't be opposed to anything that made a game necessarily play faster. But, you know, I change it like it is anything. I'm not I'm not really in it. Change for change sake is not something I want right. to do. Find a problem and, again, unilaterally discuss if it is a problem. Again, if it's only a problem because you play the one arm bandit here, you know, then that's a thing. Yeah. And then, you know, then you can go forward with it. But I, I appreciate people that want to leave it as it is. But some games need some help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Brett needs some help. I'm not sure how we lost it. But... <laughs> As I'm watching him crawl around his office here on the feed. This is going to make a great YouTube video. We're just going to have clips of Brent. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think, I think, like you said, it's something you have to enter into willingly. And the question is, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, yeah. is, it, is it mucking with the big system or not? Matt, anything from you in closing? Uh, I generally love house rules. Um, I think every time we've, we've done it, it's usually because we want to introduce something new. It's not changing right. core mechanics, it's just introducing new, whether for BRS that's a new aircraft or a new weapon type or something like that. Um, so I, I, I mean, clearly like enjoy them. Um, I don't think we've had a bad game whenever we'd introduce something new. We've occasionally stumbled on We have on, well, because that I've didn't lost work. a few times with those house rules. So <laughs> because we lost, it was a bad game. Yeah, no. yeah. but I, I think it's just a really good discussion. And it's um, as long as everyone's coming to the table, honestly, without, um, you know, internet rage. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> Who are you people that like house rules? Dirtbag. <laughs> well, Brett, now that you're back with us, any uh, closing thoughts on house rules, especially as one of the purveyors of air medals and iron crosses, probably the largest Blood Red Skies house rule in existence? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think the key was house rules are probably going to be fun if they're, uh, you know, agreed upon by everybody involved. You just yeah. go from there, right? Yeah. Play your game. Yeah, Steve? Yeah, my way in on house rules is if I read the rule packet, you know, if I'm signing up for stuff at a convention and it says, come play a game of bolt action hosted by so-and-so, I want to show up and play bolt action. 
but I'll be just as happy if I read the read the description and it says, come play a game of bolt action that's thematically centered around the invasion of, you know, Battle of Britain using so-and-so's house rules, right? Yeah. If I go into it knowing that, totally right. cool with house rules. If you flip-flop those and you hit me with something I'm not expecting, it's not a good experience. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think my my experience like at fall in was there were a plenty of people that made it perfectly clear that, Oh, by the way, this is the rule system we're based on, but there's a lot of house rules and they wouldn't call it out in the description, but they would blatantly say, and there will be house rules to cover a variety of situations. Okay. Got it. I know I'm not playing this game in its purest form. And I think that's, I think that's good. Well, all right, guys, thanks for uh, spending the time with us tonight. Uh, I do want to remind everyone to go like and uh, comment on the podcast, share the podcast, uh, tell everybody how terrible we are <laughs> and that we're even worse because we hang out with those anything but a one adventures in historical miniature war game. game. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's always fun to slum over here with you guys and say bad words. Oh, it's. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the great thing about being on the E-rated podcast. You say what the fuck you exactly. want. Exactly. Uh, and we'll go back <laughs> over to Sesame about, Street probably, when I record hours. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's it's good to have you. Oh, thanks. It's, really it's fun. It's fun. Thank us. you for having me. Absolutely. And as Steve would say, remember to keep climbing for advantage or something equally but, worthless for a closing but, line. But in this instance. Keep climbing for advantage, but only after you roll two sixes while wearing a purple shirt on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't beat that closing line right there. Thank you all. We'll talk to you another night on the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Oh, I, I think he's gone. Oh, we lost Tom. We lost Tom. Tom, come back. <laughs> Man we'll down, get Tom, man down. We'll get Tom back. I made fun of him and he, and he rage quit. No, we'll get Tom back here in a second. Ah, Tom's back. Woohoo. <laughs> I can think of what you said. My computer did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was like, that guy's a jerk. We don't want to be a part of this <laughs> podcast. Asshole. Just bail out. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> exactly. Never liked that guy We anyway. found the defense for AI. Doug's just going to insult it. It's all going to shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sorry about that. Your mother was a cash register. <laughs> <laughs>